Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Whether you love it or hate it, the Giants won a game. They improved to 3-8. and eight. They beat the Commanders 31-19, which is probably the more surprising part. I know a lot of it is due to the amount of turnovers and all that stuff. You know, the defense played very well, of course. But I always figured if the Giants were going to win a game with Tommy DeVito, it would be like a 13-10 or a 10-7 or something ugly like that. For them to win 31-19, and yes, that includes a pick six by Isaiah Simmons, so really it could have been like 24. But to put up that many points with Tommy DeVito, who looked really good today. I mean, I don't think he's the answer by any means. I don't see that ever happening. But definitely bought himself some more time as the starter. He looked really good. I mean, three passing touchdowns. Um, I, I can't think of the last time a Giants quarterback had three passing touchdowns. I may have to do some research on that one. But DeVito was great. Um, of course, I wasn't that happy that we won the game. I'm looking forward to having a better draft pick. So that part of it sucks. But, you know, you feel happy for the guys, the players, the coaches, their families. Like, you feel good for these guys on a human level. I'm happy that you won't have the uh, media um, Brian Dable's ass about, oh, they should fire Dable and fire Kafka. Like, I'm happy we get to avoid that for another week. If they go on to lose to the Patriots next week, I mean, sure, maybe that stuff starts up again. But at least a win here buys you some time with that type of stuff. But of course, from a macro level, it's annoying. I want the higher pick. I want a franchise quarterback that can hopefully change the... Uh, you know, change the entire direction of this franchise going from mediocre quarterbacks to hopefully someone who's very good. And, you know, the more you win, the less of a chance you have at those guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can still trade up to number one, number two, but that's going to take multiple first round picks and second round picks, whatever, to do that. We saw how much the Panthers had to give up to trade up to number one this past year. And I know the Panthers were picking, I think, nine, so they had to give a bit, uh, give up a bit more. But still, if you finish, if the Giants end up picking like fifth, sixth, seventh, and they want their quarterback and they have to trade up for that guy, it's going to take a lot of assets. I'm not going to like that. Like, I wish they would just lose these games that really don't matter. Now, if the Giants go on to run the table and go 9-8, and eight, then sure, I'm wrong. I'll eat crow about that. But highly unlikely that the Giants end up doing that. But hey, if you wanted to win today, congrats to you. Uh, for people like myself that really prefer losing, it kind of is what it is. As I said, I feel good for these guys on a human level, but at the same time, as a big-picture fan... It's just, this is not what I wanted, but it is what it is. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. There's actually a game to react to today, which is nice. I know uh, last game, there was nothing to react to game-wise. It was horrible. So at least this time, we can react to the players, react to the game. Hope you guys enjoy. Leave a like. It always helps out. And let's get into it. So I looked it up, and this is actually pretty sad. Now, I know Jones had a bunch of rushing touchdowns last year, but Tommy DeVito is the first Giants quarterback to have a three-passing touchdown game since 2019, which was Jones' rookie year back with Pat Shermer. That's pretty bad. You know, I had it, has it take like four whole seasons to not do that once as a team? It's, it's pretty ugly. But anyway, congrats to Tommy DeVito, who once again looked really good in this game. Um, and a great job, like, you know, scheme-wise by the Giants as well. Like, that's why I was in favor of keeping Mike Kafka, Brian Dable. Like, we saw some of those bootleg plays. The plays where Bellinger had the 30-yard catch and the play where Slayton scored, these were bootlegs, and these guys leaked out to the left side of the field wide-ass open. And maybe that's a defensive breakdown, but 
As I was saying in the preview video, they're still scheming guys open. We just don't have a quarterback to get them the ball. But luckily today, Tommy DeVito was able to get these guys the ball. And I mean, how could you not? I mean, Slayton was so open and Bellinger was so open. Those plays, of course, led to touchdowns. So, you know, Slayton made a great move to cut back outside, got around his defender. But DeVito was really good today. You know, he made some impressive throws. He had one in the first half to Darius Slayton, kind of like a 15, 20-ish yard throw between two defenders. It was very nice. And, you know, I know the commander's defense is not tremendous by any means, but to be an undrafted guy, and this is like his second or third career start, to have 246 passing yards, three touchdowns passing, no turnovers, had seven yards rushing. It's a very impressive day. So definitely a shout out to Tommy DeVito. You know, happy for his family, his dad, who they always showed during that Cowboys game. Like, that's awesome stuff to have a win in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Uh, the receivers, I mean, didn't look tremendous. I mean, you had Slayton with 82 yards. He did leave this game with that injury. He got hit pretty hard by one of the commander's safeties. Saquon had a big receiving game. Saquon had that touchdown down the sideline. And it annoyed me because, like, the not that play, but it annoys me how the Giants haven't used Saquon as a receiver to his maximum ability. Like, I was thinking the other day, like, how many times has Saquon Barkley had a big catch as a receiver. I think back to that 2021 catch versus the Saints, left sideline, he cuts back in, has that long touchdown. There was the one in 2018 in his rookie year where Odell Beckham was the quarterback on that trick play versus the Carolina Panthers, and he, you know, threw a pass to Saquon across the field for a long touchdown. But I feel like there's not many plays where Saquon's catching these long balls down the field. There was one during Saquon's rookie year, I think it was the third or fourth game of the year at the Texans, and Saquon was lined up all the way to the right on the outside, and Eli gave him a jump ball, and Saquon came down with it. Like, like there's some examples of it, but it's always like Saquon could be so much better than the way the Giants are utilizing him. And like on that play, I think it was a wheel route, hits him 24 yards down the field, touchdown Giants. Like it was a perfect throw by DeVito, you know, way to let that play develop and see him open and make that perfect throw. And the other receiving touchdown by Saquon to make it a 21-12 game in the early fourth quarter, that was the point where I was really like, huh, they might win this game. You know, going up two possessions, up by nine points. Um, DeVito did a nice job of trusting his line, hanging in there, and making a throw to Saquon on like a, uh, a drag route. He was able to make the catch and cut up field for a bit and get the uh, the eight yard touchdown or the uh, the five yard touchdown. So Saquon as a receiver was awesome today. Um, his stats overall as a receiver were four catches, 57 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. I mentioned Bellinger at the long catch. He was three for 38. Wandale was three for 57. Wandale had a play where he threw a guy off of him, and that's pretty impressive because Wandale is not the biggest guy, obviously. I think part of it was some of the defenders' momentum was taking him, but it did look like Wandale like, put him in the ground, so that was awesome. Um, Hyatt played a lot, I feel like. I, I feel like I saw him on the field a good amount, but only had one catch for seven yards. I think it was like a quick out route to the left side. But um, not much else. You know, as I said, Slayton had 82 yards, led, uh, led the team, but... Running the ball-wise, they were pretty effective. Saquon had 14 carries for 83 yards. Saquon had that one big run towards the end where I think it led to the field goal, but Saquon did have like a 30-something yard run. And he was getting solid chunk plays every time he touched the ball, it felt like. Saquon had it. Here it is, a 31-yard run tackled by Percy Butler in the early fourth quarter. Um, that was before the field goal to make it 24-12 by Randy Bullock. So, um... 
effective running the ball today, effective passing the ball today. But where this game was really won was the Giants' defense. Let's be honest. The Giants' defense creates six turnovers. Six turnovers, which is insane. Now, before I get to that, actually, before I forget, Tommy DeVito was also sacked nine times. So it's hard to get sacked nine times and still win a game, but they found a way to do it. So you got to give them credit. Um, I do believe some of the sacks were on DeVito, some were on the offensive line. I can't fully blame the offensive line because DeVito's a guy, like there was a play first half, it might have been like early second quarter, where DeVito was supposed to just take the snap and throw it to the left for a screen pass. But for some reason, he held on to the ball and took a sack. Like there's things like that where that's totally on the quarterback. Like Tommy DeVito should have got the snap you know, took like two steps of a drop and just threw it to the left side for that screen pass. But for some reason, maybe he thought the corner was going to uh, jump it or something. He didn't throw the ball. So like, there's some sacks where it's like, yeah, sure, the offensive line sucks. But in that particular moment, like that's on Tommy DeVito. You can't hold on to that ball and expect nothing to happen. You know what I mean? Like eventually the line's going to break down, especially on a screen pass, because on the screen pass, your offensive line is going to go out to the left, and I'm sure there's going to be some free rushers coming at you. So DeVito has to recognize that and either throw that ball out of bounds over uh, the receiver's head or throw it to the receiver to complete the screen pass. So just stuff like that. Anyway, defensively, the Giants, once again, they create six turnovers, three fumbles lost, three interceptions. They also, I think the Commanders uh, recovered one of their fumbles, so they fumbled the ball four times technically. The Giants recovered three of them, and it seemed like the Commanders were the team that was tanking today. If you were to watch this game and said, hey, which team is out here tanking, it was probably the Commanders, because like... It felt like between what Sam Howell was doing, between not holding on to the ball, there was a lot of just crappy football being played by the commanders. They have to be ashamed of themselves for losing a game like this. And look, I, I was wrong. I really did not think the Giants were going to win a game with Tommy DeVito, as I said earlier. But for them to, like, obviously winning a turnover battle six to nothing, you have to win that game, right? I mean, I guess there's been a time where that's happened before and a team lost, but you know, the commanders still had a shot to win this game. Even when it was five turnovers before the Isaiah Simmons pick six, the commanders had a shot to go down and have a touchdown and win the game. But you have to give the defense credit. They were awesome. That was why I was a little hesitant about the Giants losing this game 100%. Like, I did think the Giants were going to lose. I did think that it was going to be a close game in the first half and Washington would pull away in the second half. But I was wrong because the Giants defense showed up the entire game. I thought that the Giants defense would show up in the first half, but eventually the defense would break down because the Giants offense wouldn't be doing anything. I didn't expect Tommy DeVito to play like Patrick Mahomes today. But, you know, unfortunately for me and for others that wanted to lose this game, that's what happened. But... Sam Howell was awful. Three interceptions. This was the game for me where I'm like, I'm completely out on Sam Howell. Like, he's definitely looked better the past few weeks. You've seen the signs of improvements, but this right here was it. Sam Howell is just not good. Um, and fumbling the ball, I mean, the Commanders, they had the early fumble with Logan Thomas. I think, I forget who punched it out. It might have been Pinnock. I want to see who forced fumbles on this team. So Bobby Okereke had two forced fumbles, by the way. He's awesome. 14 total tackles, six solos. Two forced fumbles by Okereke. I think that was Nick McLeod. I think that was his forced fumble on the uh, Logan Thomas play. But, um, 
You know, Brian Robinson lost a fumble as well, I believe. It was just a very ugly game by the Commanders. Chris Rodriguez Jr. lost one. Byron Pringle on the kickoff lost one as well. I forget who forced that fumble. I don't even know if it's in the stat sheet or not. But um, one of our special teamers forced that fumble on the uh, opening kickoff, I think, in the third quarter. You had a couple sacks for Kayvon Thibodeau, who had five tackles total, three solo, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, one pass defended. Kayvon... I don't know, man. Against the Commanders, he has looked really, really good this year. And overall, he's having a really nice year. I think he's up to 10 and a half sacks now. So, you know, for a guy who was being called a bust after the first two or three games this year, for him to bounce back like this is tremendous. Xavier McKinney played really well. I gave him a lot of shit during the preview because I'm kind of over his attitude and him pointing the fingers and everything, but he played very well. 12 total tackles, 8 solo, 1 tackle for a loss. I mean, he was a big piece to uh, the Giants defense today. Isaiah Simmons had the 4 solo tackles, the game-clinching pick 6, where it was really athletic play. Like, I know Isaiah Simmons is known for being the athletic linebacker who ran like a 4-3-8, but you can see the athleticism on display right there. Like, that was a play where he caught the ball near the sideline, had to maintain possession, keep his body inbounds, and then outrun Sam Howell. Like, it was a really athletic play by Isaiah Simmons to, to lock this game up. And I, I do hope Isaiah Simmons, like, lasts a long time with this team. I would give him a contract for next year. I'm not paying him a lot of money, obviously, but I would give him a shot to come back here next year. I feel like he's been a positive piece to this team. He has not been tremendous. He's not the number eight overall pick, whatever he was back in 2020, but a useful player to have. Like, I like guys like that that are sideline to sideline, can make big plays. Isaiah Simmons can be that guy. Micah McFadden had eight total tackles, five solos, one tackle for a loss. Dexter Lawrence had four solos. He had one sack, one tackle for a loss. Um, and then Jahad Ward. Jahad Ward had a solo tackle, had the sack, had a tackle for a loss. Darnay Holmes had an interception in this game as well. A lot of guys played very well. So, you know, the Giants defense came up big today. Deontay Banks was out there on Instagram after the game talking about how the commanders, you know, uh, didn't draft him and called them a bunch of bums. And he's 2-0 against them this year. So I love the confidence for Deontay Banks. And there was a thing, there was a tweet, I forget who it was, I'm going to find this now, I think it's in my bookmark somewhere, I think it was Dan Duggan who tweeted this, uh, yeah, so Kayvon Thibodeau, this is funny, so Dan Duggan tweets, Kayvon Thibodeau said he told Commander's left tackle Charles Leno, thank you, before halftime. Thibodeau said, uh, Leno responded, for what? You know, questioning what the hell he's saying that for. Thibodeau said, for giving me the 10 sacks later today. Thibodeau had two sacks in the second half to give him 10.5 for the season. First player with 10-plus sacks in Wink Martindale's six seasons as a defensive coordinator, by the way. Very impressive there for Kayvon. And to think about Wink Martindale's time in Baltimore, for him never ha never to have a, a double-digit sack guy, for it to be Kayvon Thibodeau is very impressive. And there's still, what, how many games are left this year? Like six, seven? Like there's a lot of time to go. Kayvon might have a 15, 16 sack year. It might be one of those great years for him in his second season here in the NFL. So, you know, think about the talent he had in Baltimore, whether it was Judon or Calais Campbell or um, Adafi Owe, I think he had for one year. Like just a lot of good players there. So for Kayvon to be the first guy with 10 plus sacks for Don Martindale, very impressive stuff and a great job there by Kayvon to go out there, have a great game and, and talk your shit. So love seeing that. 
Um, my guy, WBG84, he tweeted that Bobby Okereke is the first Giants defender with 14-plus total tackles and two forced fumbles in a game since Brandon Short did it against the Jets in the 2003 season. I mean, I feel like Okereke, when he was signed... Yeah, the money was a bit staggering. Like, oh, that's a lot of money. But the guy has played out of his freaking mind this year. Like, I know the team sucks and we're 3-8, and eight, but I really can't put any of that on Bobby Okereke. He has shown up every single game and has played his ass off, and he looks tremendous. So um, definitely love that signing right now. Um, what else happened in this game that was impressive and important to talk about? I don't know. There's not much else to say. You know, it was just the turnovers and the Giants playing a clean game offensively that won them this game. Of course, DeVito played well, but I feel like most of it was just one team turned the ball over six times. The other team did not turn the ball over and had a pretty decent offense today. And that's pretty much it. Like, that's all you have to say. Um, as I said, I mean, the commanders had a chance down by, uh, what the hell was the score? It was uh, 24-19. The commanders had a chance to come down and um, potentially win the game. But, of course, Sam Howell, he was not good today. And he threw an interception there. Uh, I thought on that pass he was throwing it out of bounds, but Sam Howell kept it in bounds, and it was intercepted, of course. Um, it was a first and 15, so he didn't have to throw it in bounds. I don't know what the hell he was doing there, throwing that ball, but um, Isaiah Simmons makes a great play. So the Giants are now 3-8. and eight. They are 3.5-point underdogs versus the Patriots next week. I'm going to check Tankathon real quick to see what the Giants pick is. I think they're 5. Yeah, they're 5 right now. Um, fifth overall in the draft if things were to end today. So for the Giants and draft pick purposes, um, you would love to lose to the Patriots next week. Um, we'll see if that happens. I still think the Patriots might go with a new quarterback next week. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, the Cardinals lost a very close game today in uh, Houston. They definitely could have won that game. It came down to like the final play. Uh, Chicago could have won today. They got beat late by the Lions. So very like a bad day. If you're a, a fan that's in for the tank, it was a bad day, man. Like to have Arizona blow that game late, uh, Chicago blow that game late. This could have been a game to to get into like the top three. Like just you know really solidify yourself in that top three. So it's a shame. But hey, if the Giants don't win a game the rest of the year, they can still very well pick into the top two or three. Like it would not shock me. I want to be in the top two. Um, getting Drake May or Caleb Williams seems to be the goal right now. Um, look, there's other good quarterbacks in this class. I mean, of course, J.J. McCarthy's always talked about, Michael Penix, and um, Jaden Daniels was tremendous yesterday. I know it was against nobody, but still. Um, there are guys to get, but um, as I said in the preview video to this game, I don't want to give John Mara or the Giants any excuses not to take a quarterback. Like, that would not be good. Um, as I said, the Giants are a team where things kind of have to happen for them to make the right decision sometimes. And if the Giants are not picking in the top two, I could see them not taking a quarterback because that's something they would do. So I, I do hope they get to that point. Um, I don't want to trade up for a quarterback. I don't feel like giving up, you know, two or three first round picks to do that. Just doesn't, it's just not what I want right now. That's why I'd rather lose these games and just control the second overall pick and, and get our guy. Like, I don't want to trade a, a bunch of picks to trade up for a guy. Like, that's just, I just don't want that. If it has to happen, it has to happen. But um, it'd be much easier to just have that pick on our own and not have to, you know, mortgage the future to get that. And as I said, if you want to root for wins, that's fine. You can fan how you want to fan. I always say fan how you want to 
fan. Um, I think there's valid excuses on both sides for why you would do what you want to do. If you want to win because you just can't root against your team ever, that's a valid reason. If you want to lose because you want a higher draft pick and a higher probability of getting a franchise-changing player at quarterback, that's a valid reason. I think both sides have their arguments. The, the part that annoys me is people that, like, start name-calling over it. Like, you know, people in my replies saying, like, oh, you're a loser, go root for another team. Like, like stuff like that. It's just not needed. Like, I can root for my teams how I want to. Like, if I wanted to lose today to better our future – that's fine. Like, I, I think we all have the right intentions in mind. People just have a different way of getting there. And I think in a way, people are so fixated and, and brainwashed on the, the Chase Young thing because the Giants lost the Chase Young Bowl, quote unquote, and the Giants missed out on Chase Young, led them to getting Andrew Thomas. So now fans feel like, well, if losing the Chase Young, if, if winning the Chase Young Bowl got us the better player, then who says it can't happen again? Which is fine. It's a valid reason, right? I get that. But I want the higher probability of getting a great player. So, yes, in any given draft, the guy taken fifth overall could end up being a better player than the guy taken first overall. But if I'm a fan of the team, I want my GM and my team to have a shot at the guy they want. Let's say the Giants are head over heels for Caleb Williams, right? I want them picking first overall in that case. I don't want them to have to pick fifth overall and take their third favorite quarterback off the board. And maybe in the event that Caleb Williams, you know, tears his ACL and just doesn't end up having a great career and the Giants take some quarterback at five and he has a better career than Caleb Williams, you know, it doesn't mean that the process was right. It's just you got lucky because Caleb got hurt, and it's kind of like Chase Young. Chase Young tore his ACL and was not really the same guy after it. So, you know, Chase Young, who was objectively a better prospect than Andrew Thomas, he gets hurt and never returns to the same guy, and Washington ships him out, um, you know, a few years later. And Andrew Thomas, who, yes, has had his injuries of his own, but he ends up being one of the best left tackles in football. So... You know, I don't want to call it dumb luck, but in a way it's true because if the Giants had won that game, they're the ones that take Chase Young. Like I don't maybe they don't. I still think Chase Young was looked at as a generational prospect, a future Hall of Fame level prospect out of Ohio State. I still think the Giants would have taken him given their pass rushing issues. And I know they wanted an offensive lineman that year, but when a prospect is rated as highly as Chase Young, you're probably not gonna pass on him. So you know, whether it's dumb luck or coincidence or getting lucky, whatever it was, 2020 happened to work out. Andrew Thomas ended up being the better NFL player. It doesn't mean that losing that game was the right thing to do. Like, it's just they got lucky. It happens. Like, as I said, there's a world where Caleb Williams or Drake May ends up being worse than the fourth or fifth quarterback taken in this class. It happens every year. You know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were taken behind Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. And at the time, that was supposedly the right thing to do. Baker Mayfield was tremendous and, and super accurate. He was a winner in college. Sam Darnold was a guy who was supposed to go first overall the entire process. And Josh Allen was looked at, at this as this guy who was toolsy, but we didn't know if he could ever be accurate. And Lamar Jackson was like, oh, he's just a running back playing quarterback. So there's always a lot of questions. My whole point is I just want the Giants picking as highly as possible. And, you know, Winning this game does nothing for me. Whether the Giants were three and eight like they are now, or two and nine like they could have been if they lost, I don't care. Like it's the same thing to me. So whether the Giants win two games, three games, five games, six games this year, who cares? It's still a failure of a season. So in that case, 
give me the highest pick possible. So that's it. I, I think it's a fair argument from my side. If you don't see it that way, that's fine. I respect your opinion. As, as I said, fan how you want a fan. It is what it is. But I don't want to miss out on a, a franchise-changing quarterback because we're picking too low because we had to you know, win some games that really don't matter at the end of the day, right? Like it's, that's just, that's the part that bothers me. So, you know, I don't blame the players. I don't blame the coaches. Their goal is to win. That's it. But me being a fan, I have no impact on the outcome of the game, right? You can root for whatever you want to root for. Whether I rooted for the Giants or the Commanders today, it has no impact on how the game turns out. That's just one man's opinion. So um, I think I make valid reasons to root for losing in this case. And some of you may have valid reasons for rooting for winning. But, you know... It is what it is. So they, they won today, and, and we'll see what happens against the Patriots next week in a pretty important game for uh, you know draft position. I do believe if the Giants lose next week, they would jump over the Patriots in terms of draft order. So the Giants would be picking at least fourth instead of fifth. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I'm still, rooting, I'm still rooting for losses. I hope they lose to the Patriots next week. It was nice to see DeVito play well once again. I hope he gets um, you know more of an opportunity and – they kind of just push off Tyrod and say, all right, yeah, we'll see you next year, buddy. But um, we'll see what happens. But I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Hopefully some of you enjoyed the win. If you didn't enjoy the win, then, you know, on the bright side, there's probably not many other games this, this team can win. I mean, maybe next week. Next week against the Patriots is the big one. They have to lose that game to get a high pick, in my opinion. Um, I mean, look, they could still win that game and get, get like, the seventh or eighth pick. But, like, if you want to pick top five, I feel like losing next week is probably in your best interest. So we'll see what happens. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.